You're listening to the Radical Disruption Podcast with Maya Nicole, nursing student turned multi-six-figure online entrepreneur. Here we talk all things real and raw when it comes to entrepreneurship and what it really takes to get to the next level. Leave the small biz talk at the door and buckle up for the tangible, tactical, and actionable steps that will help guide you in building a disruptive business. Let's dive into the show. Hello and welcome back to Radical Disruption. Today we are diving into part two of the four-part client spotlight series where I'm bringing on a few of my clients to talk about their journey as an entrepreneur and the key pieces that have led them to massive success. Today's guest is Emily. Emily invested in one-on-one coaching with me when I very, very, very first started doing coaching in my business. She was one of my very first one-on-one coaching clients, and at the time, she had 800 followers on Instagram. She now has over 90,000 followers. Since then, she has also invested in a few other one-off, one-on-one intensive sessions with me, and she also just recently locked in a year of coaching, actually. A little bit more about Emily before we dive into our conversation, though. Emily Cooper is an epidemiologist turned full-time traveler and content creator. In 2021, she started her social media platforms and website, Emily Eats and Explores, to teach women how to confidently travel solo. She has since worked with major travel brands, tourism boards, and travel companies while hosting her own group trips around the world. Today, Emily teaches her community of over 90,000 how they can get paid to travel the world. Emily has been featured in Newsweek, HuffPost, and is the co-host of the top travel podcast, Travel Chat with Ashley and Emily. In this episode today, we chat all things brand partnerships, having multiple income streams, and the importance of both short and long-form content as a business owner. So with all that being said, let's dive into the episode. Hello, I have the lovely Emily here with me, and I was just chatting with her. I was like, where in the world are you right now? Every time I chat with her, she's always somewhere new. Like last time I chatted with you, I think you were in Bali, and now you're back in the United States. So, and then I think after Bali, you were in Vietnam, then you were in Jamaica. So you're all over the place. And I love that we're going to be able to dive deeper into that conversation today. But thank you so much for being here with me. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be on this podcast. This is like a dream come true for me. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. You are so sweet. I absolutely adore you. Since I kind of started things off with you're traveling all over the world, people are probably like, uh, what are you, what are you doing? So let's start there. Let's start with what is it that you do? And um, also, how did you get into it? Yes. Great question. So I am a travel content creator. So I create content on pretty much every platform. I have done social media. I have done blogging. I have done YouTube. I have done the podcast, pretty much everything. But obviously, I did not start that way at all. So I like my background is in epidemiology. I went to school for public health. Went in, got my master's in epidemiology, and then I went right into a job after that. So I worked as an epidemiologist in a government hospital. I did that for four years, and then I was at home during the pandemic, and I was like, wow, I really miss traveling. Like, I was just kind of bored with everything. I was like, this job is fine. Like, when I'm doing fine. But I I was just like, I feel like there's more. I always wanted to travel. I always wanted to take like a 
big chunk or go abroad and it just never really worked out for me. So I decided, okay, you know what? I'm going to take a career break. I knew one person that had done it before and I was like, I'm going to do that. I'm just going to take a break from work. Um, I was planning to move to the other side of the state to be with my fiance anyway. So I was like, this is a good time. So I saved up. I gave myself a year to save up and plan for this career break. It kept getting pushed off because of things still weren't open. And But I took this time to just like really learn about solo traveling. I was going to go alone, really learning about how to travel like that long term. I mean, it's a completely different thing than just going on a week long trip with like your friends or your family. And I decided to just I would start an Instagram account for my friends and family to see my travels. But then because this kept getting pushed off, I was like, okay, you know what? Why don't I share like everything that I'm learning, everything that I'm doing, how I'm prepping for this, talking about solo travel? Because I didn't know any a lot of people in my space that actually did it in my world. And I wasn't too serious about it in the beginning, honestly. It was just kind of like this fun thing. I didn't really know what the heck I was doing. I didn't even have yeah. Instagram before that. Like I deleted all social media off my phone and everything. So it was like a completely like started from zero, zero, zero. And then I was just having a lot of fun with it. And my sister sat me down and she's like, you should like, you should get serious about this. So I went ahead and I hired an Instagram coach. Oh, I wonder who that is. (laughs) (laughs) I hired Maya for just an hour. It was just an hour just to like learn what what the heck Instagram is all about and how you can actually grow and all of this stuff. And then it really just like skyrocketed from there. I just started learning more about different ways to make money because that's a whole nother side of it, right? Is like you can grow on Instagram, but then it's like, how do you actually like make money from this or turn it into some type of business? So I just kept taking more courses, learning about more things, um, starting to reach out to brands, working with brands. Then I started getting inbounds from there as I was growing my account and platform. So I started working with tourism boards and different travel companies. Then I launched my own group trips. Then I launched my own programs because everybody was like, Emily, what the heck? We're seeing you literally grow from zero to like 25,000 followers at the time. And I was like, okay, maybe I should like make a program or something about this or teach people how to do this. And yeah, and it's just been insane. And it hasn't stopped since I just keep kind of going up from here. (laughs) I love that so much. And I love that like, that's also very similar to like how my journey was where I was just like, oh yeah, I'm doing this thing. And I was like, maybe actually people would be interested in hearing about it. Okay, I'll post on social media. Oh, wait, now I'm actually like seeing results. Oh, wait, people are now asking me to like how to how I do it. Okay, well, maybe I'll put out an offer. I don't know how to put out an offer, but I'll just do it. Um, And I love that. Like, it's not like this thing where you're like, oh, yeah, I studied business and marketing and social media in college. And like, I had this background in photography. It, it was like none of those things. It was just like, hey, like, let's just kind of see where life takes us. Um, And I love to see now that like you're at like what are you at 95,000 followers on Instagram um I think on our first I think on our first call which was like way at the very beginning of my business even uh, I think you had like 800 followers and we chatted like you said all things Instagram and now fast forward 95,000 followers later and a whole business and the amount of countries that you've traveled to is just so 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 cool so to take a step back, um, I want to talk about specifically 
what you were doing at the time to grow your Instagram account. And then I want to talk about monetization after that. So what was working when you very first started? And is that same thing working now for you in terms of growth? So when I first started, I was doing a lot of reels. So I wasn't really traveling at this time. I hadn't started traveling yet. So I was creating reels, like mostly it was those kind of voiceover reels, you know, like you would just be like, you would say whatever the audio was saying, maybe you were like pointing to some things like it was all very just like fun and a lot of like just really basic tips and then kind of those funny voiceovers. So I I was doing a lot of those. Um, I actually filmed with the same background. I had a map background. So people called me map girl for a while. So I had I the same map that. background. <laughs> we loved the map background. Yeah, I discontinued that around like 20. Like, because I just started traveling. So people wanted to see my travels. And I was yeah. like, so stressed about it. I was like, oh my God, do I bring the map background with me? Like, I don't even know what to do. Um, <laughs> but you evolve. Like, that's the biggest thing about it. You have to like continue to evolve. Like, you have to realize like the things that are actually holding you back and just being like, okay, I just, I have to pivot and that's okay. We all have to pivot. So, but like, I owe a lot to that because I was instantly recognizable. So I had that matte background. I had the same shirt on. I had, I curled my hair and I saw that from a lot of different people, like definitely you kind of having like those similar tones in your videos and other people kind of having similar outfits on. So that really got me to, yeah, probably like 20,000 followers just doing that posting. I was posting every single day. Um, I was switching between, I think I did like four reels and maybe two carousel posts. And the carousel posts were just kind of basic tips, like things to bring, like packing lists for solo traveling. I think that was like one of my best ones. I was going live every single week. So showing, you know, something that I would bring solo traveling, talking about a different product. Um, and before this, it, this was even before I was making any money off of this, like before I even had affiliate links or things like that. Yeah. I was just trying to like chat and talk, um, doing stories every day, just kind of showing my life and what was going on. And yeah, so I did that for like probably a year, like that very consistent schedule with really not missing too much of a day. And I, I think it really, it sounds like a lot, but it obviously really helped me. It really helped me learn Instagram and the yeah. platform itself and editing. But you do need to like keep it up in some way because Instagram is always changing. So yeah. now a lot of my reels are, I would say like, it's not so much the format of them, but there's two things that I think about. One is storytelling and one is emotion. So I like when I'm watching my reel, I'm looking at this reel, I'm like, okay, is this something that someone is going to watch like are people curious about it are like is it inspiring is it like super educational in a way that they can draw you in like because really holding people's attention is what's going to get you far now I think yeah because it has changed it has changed a lot like I really wouldn't post those reels that I was posting in the beginning (laughs) now um I really don't do those like kind of voiceover things anymore but I feel like in a way it's also gotten a little bit easier because I think it's a little less curated even when I first started, which is really nice. You know, I can kind of showcase my day. You know, you can do those voiceovers. You can do just you talking to the screen. Um, You can do kind of those short videos with more information in the caption. So there's a lot more like variety in it now, but I still try to post at least five days a week. 
For sure. I love that. And I love that you talked about how important it is for brand recognition and how that map, like the consistency of that, like it, it, I mean, it really did almost build a brand for you. And like, while the map itself obviously isn't a brand, that's more of like the branding aspect of it. Like you became known for something. And then from there, like, I also love how you talked about how important it is to realize like when it's time to let things go and move into a different season. Cause I think there are a lot of times when we build this strategy and we're like, this is working, this is working. And then it stops working. And then you're like, wait, do I need to shift my strategy? Does something else need to shift? Like what needs to happen here? And people are afraid to move into a different area. And it's not even that you changed niches. Like it's the same exact niche, but you did change like as a person and as like your knowledge has changed, your um, the way that you've educated yourself, like so much has changed since then. And it's okay to to change. Like it's, there are going to be different seasons in your business and in your life where you show up differently, where things change and like, it's okay. And I just love that you said that because I think there's so many people who are scared of that change of like, well, what if I, what if I lose my whole community? What if, and again, well, not even necessarily talking about total niche changes, but I just love that you brought that up. Now, my next question for you is obviously, you know, you've had massive success in growing your Instagram following. But like you said, at the very beginning, it wasn't for monetization. It wasn't to make, you know, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars. It was just because you were just sharing it, you know, but what did that look like as you began to pivot from just sharing more of the free value into more of that paid type of value? Yeah. So the first thing that I started with was affiliate links, which I feel like is the easiest for a lot of people. So once you have some type of platform, you can most of the time they're not exclusive. Sometimes they are. So like if you see the Amazon influencer program, like that's more exclusive. You do have to apply to that and get accepted. But some others are not. So you can just join them if it's something that you love that you've been talking about anyway. Like I said, I was sharing lives about my backpack, my Osprey backpack. That would be a perfect example of how you can type in Osprey affiliate program and you can go up and you can sign up for their link. And then you can share that with your friends and your family and your platform. And once people make a purchase, they can make money off of that. Like super easy. You're not putting a lot of like effort into it. Sometimes it's something you're already talking about anyway. Um, but then there's programs like like Rakuten. Like I just figured out like that's $30 every time you get someone to join up. You know, like sometimes it can yeah. be really big. Sometimes they're not as big, but they can still be like a substantial amount of income if you're sharing it consistently. And I think that that's obviously the biggest change for me from starting to like actually making an income was consistency of like sharing those things to make money. But once after I started with the affiliate links. Then the next thing that I went into, I believe was ads. So I got monetized on my blog. Um, and that's something that you can do. So it's a, not, you know, super related to social media, you can, yeah. you know, work on blogging, work on your SEO, and people can find you right through Google, and you can get ads through there. And then around, it was like 1500 followers. That's when I got my first brand partnership. So I saw I was, you know, following a bunch of other travel creators. That's kind of what you do in the beginning. You're like, ooh, like, what's everybody doing? Like, what are they posting about? (laughs) And I saw someone share, like, they had a little ad in their bio. And they were like, um, yeah, they were like the ad, like, I realized that they were working with them, or it was like a paid paper 
paid partnership label. And I was like, wow, like this is so aligned with me and what I was doing. It was a travel company like specifically for like safe flying when I I was like, that's perfect because like I was an epidemiologist, you know, I was now doing, um, I was now doing travel. So it was super, super aligned. And I think people are like, wow, you got your first paid partnership. It was like $350 at like less than 2000 followers. And I posted it around 2000 followers. So people thought that was crazy. And it's like that can happen as long as it's aligned and it makes sense. So I reached out to the company just in DMs. We had a conversation over the DMs and we figured out a way to work together. So first, they just sent me the product. I tried it out. um, And then we did an official paid partnership after that, which was amazing. So then I went into that. And then most of the travel stuff, you know, I was now traveling full time at that point, which was like April of 2022. And I was just really, I still wasn't thinking I was going to do this full time. So all I wanted was to just get like comped travel, which is like what a lot of people do. They're like, wow, like I could make a post and I could like stay at this place for free. That's so exciting. Yeah. So a lot of my focus was just on that like exchange, like the comped partnerships where, you know, you get to stay in places for free in exchange for giving them content or posting content on your page which is absolutely amazing. That's great. But if you want to do this full time, like obviously that's not going to pay the bills. So I realized, you know, you can actually do you, you actually can get paid for these things as long as you have something to offer them. And again, it's really aligned with your audience and what you already talk about. And you can, you know, share to them like what you can offer and how you can help them with their own goals. But I think my biggest things to make money have actually been, you know, those long-term partnerships and then selling my own things. So doing group tours, like selling my own products and services. So this is something that like I tell my community about so much because it being a travel creator does not mean that you just stay in hotels and you get paid to do it. Like there are so many different ways that you can do it and you can make money. And I think that really limits people where people are like, oh, no, I'm not a travel creator or like I can't make a full time income off of this because I'm only going for like these brand deals and brand deals can be absolutely amazing. They can be a ton of money for sure. But it does take a little while for you to get to that point. And still, most people who do brand deals have other streams of income anyway. (laughs) Yeah, so for sure. No, I love that. Now, something that's coming to my mind, though, is. And I think this is a, this is something you talk a lot about on your Instagram account, specifically on your stories, is getting turned down, like when it comes to mm-hmm. pitching brands. So I know that you shared like your success story, like getting your first brand partnership, but I know for a fact that it hasn't always looked like that in terms of, you know, brands that you've pitched. Can you talk a little bit more about what that process looks like for you in terms of like pitching brands? I don't know, brands not getting back to you. Like, what does that all look like? Yeah. Um. In the beginning, I definitely did. I worked my butt off and it did not have a lot of return. But I don't take that as like it's, I don't regret any of that. Um. I don't yeah. consider that a failure at all because you learn so much from doing that. So Probably. one reel that I had that everybody loved, and I think this is where you got it from, was I reached out to 80 different hotels because in the beginning, I was like, maybe my niche can be like reviewing like hotels and inns and like you know, little cute B&Bs and stuff like that. Yeah. And so 
I did like what most people would do in the very beginning. I had this kind of very basic, like generic pitch and I would just change kind of like the name of the place or whatnot and have like a really very vague like subject line. And I would send it to like 80 of these places that I wanted to stay at. And I I literally got one, one response and it was no. And I was like, wow, this sucks. But it's like, okay. <laughs> That's okay. You know, sometimes it does take a lot for you to get to that point. But if you are putting in the work to really find these places and these companies that are super aligned and you really know what you have to offer them, then it doesn't have to be as hard. So my biggest thing is like first is going to be the subject line. Like you really have to have a solid subject line and it's not something super vague. Like let's partner together. I don't know. Just like something weird like that. You want to put like partner with solo travel expert or like partner with travel creator with 90K followers or like um, comped partnership. Maybe you're wanting to work with a tourism board and you just want a comped partnership. Like comped partnership. You want to make it very clear and you want to make that, let them understand that this is a travel partnership or a blogging partnership or something. And then you want to go in with your pitch and you really want to share like you really want them to know what's in it for them. And I think this is where people leave it out. They're like, I'm going to tell them all about me and like why we should partner and like I want a free stay and like this would be great and blah, 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 blah. But like how are you going like the ROI is always something that you have to think about. So like the return on investment. And that's the return on investment for them. So I know a lot of people can like sometimes get upset when when brands and companies aren't reaching back out to them. But a lot of people are reaching out to them. And a lot of the times it's just like, it's not super aligned. So we can understand, you know, why sometimes they get really defeated in these situations. Um, So you just really have to think about the brand and, you know, is your audience like, say it's a place that you're going to in Texas. Like, do you have an audience? And a lot of these people are in Texas. And maybe it's a hotel that is like tailors to kids like is your audience a lot of like mothers or families from texas like that would be super aligned and then you have to explain it in that way which some people forget too you know like this is the audience this is who i have like i saw that you have just opened like this new amazing like water park like i think it would be great that we promote this and like this is how i could do it for you and these are the kind of things that i could offer you so really setting it up into like what you can give them and really why your audience is aligned with their audience. And I think that's where a lot of the disconnect can come from people. I love that. Really helping the brand to picture what it's going to look like. Cause I think that there, there are, I mean, I even get pitched so many generic pitches, like, and I'm sure like anyone who has their email on Instagram, you get generic pitches all the time, whether that's in your direct messages or whether that's in your emails. And it's like, when you see it, you're like, this is so generic. Like sometimes I don't even change the name. Like sometimes it won't even be my name, you know? And so it's like, how are you going to stand out? Like really paint that picture of like exactly what it's going to look like. And I love that you said, start with the subject line, because if that's not going to intrigue someone, like they're probably just straight up deleting that email, you know? And so I love that. Now, my question for you, I know that you've worked with a lot of brands that have brought in a lot of income for you. So really high paying brand partnerships outside of the things that you just shared in terms of, you know, tips with pitches. Is there anything else if someone's like, hey, like, 
you know, I'm getting these brand partnerships, but you know, they're only a hundred, maybe $200. Like how do I kind of scale into that next level? What would your best pieces of advice be for them? I would say it's definitely easier to get a high paying partnership if you have worked with the brand previously. So one of the best things to do is make sure any brand that you worked with, make sure one, you're sending them a KPI kit, which basically just shows like what you posted about and kind of how they did. So the different analytics of them. So it shows, you know, this is how many comments. I I always like to kind of put it in a cute little PDF on Canva or something. I like to show them, you know, the different numbers and then even some really nice comments or DMs that that I got about that post. And I think people get really, really stressed when they do post a sponsored post and they try to make it look like an ad. This is also a big no-no. Like, make it look like you. That's why they hired you. They know what your content looks like. Make sure it looks like your content because if it looks a lot like an ad, it's probably not going to do that well, which like it sucks and, and it's stressful for people to hear. But like, yeah, just be you. That's why they hired you. Like, just remember that at the end of the day. And if that happens, usually you will get a good amount of engagement and, you know, DM. So I always try to put those in there. And then I always try to reach out to the brand and be like, hey, like, can I get some feedback from you? Like, how how did I do? Like, what did you think? Like, would you recommend me to other brands or companies? So getting that fe- – basically getting like a testimonial from them and people like are like, oh, you can do that? Yes, yes, you can. Like I shared on my story once, I was like, this is what you want. And I was like sharing a bunch of different like screenshots and DMs that I got from brands. And people are like, how are you getting those? And I'm like, I'm just asking for them. <laughs> like I'm just yeah. asking. So once you have that proof that you can deliver for different brands and that you've delivered to brands before, again, like just reach back out to them. I think that's huge is like people are like, now I'm going to twiddle my thumbs and wait for the brand to come back to me and want to work again. Like, no, if you see that maybe they have like something coming up, like a webinar coming up, or maybe they have like a new product that they launched, reach back out to them and be like, hey, like I absolutely loved working with you. Like we should work together and this is how I can help you promote. I saw that you launched this new product. Um, continue to, you know, engage with the brands, like, like their stuff and DM different things and comment on their things. Like, I think like the relationship really gets lost, but that's so important when it comes to long-term partnership because they want it to feel like it is an actual partnership and that you're in relationship and you're almost part of the company as well. Ooh, that was so juicy. Like, but I also, you know me, I love simplicity and that was like, so freaking good, so freaking valuable, but also so simple where it's not like, hi, go out and do these 50 different things. It's like build long-term relationships. And it's like, oh yeah, like that makes sense. (laughs) I I love that so much. One thing that came up for me that I was questioning though, how do you, you were talking about, you know, you want your content specifically when you're doing, you know, these paid partnerships to not look like, hi, this is an ad, hashtag ad, you know, like obviously like it is an ad, but you were talking about how important it is to be yourself. Now, how do you kind of navigate when the brand gives you so many different stipulations of like, you have to do it in this exact way. And like, you're kind of like going back and forth and like, they really are like wanting it to look this specific way, but like, you know, it's not going to perform as well. And like, they're kind of like controlling what the content looks like. Have you ever been in that situation? And how would you navigate that? I have. And I have had to fight for my own content because for me, like getting paid on something isn't 
not saying that it's bad when I post something, but if it doesn't feel like authentic, like I feel like it's just like, I don't know. It's just, it's not great. It doesn't feel great. So I have had to fight in those situations. And I don't want to say like fight, but I think people sometimes can come out of it as like, oh no, like I'm not doing that. I think really explaining to the brand as to why it wouldn't really make sense. Um, And I'm trying to think of like specific examples, but I've known one, for for example, like you just really have to know what they want in terms of the partnership. So like for me, they were they were really wanted me to say, I mean, this isn't so much of in the content, but they really wanted me to say like, oh, like link in the bio, in our bio. And I was like, mm, that's really going to take a lot for them to like watch the video, click on this, go here find the the link in your bio like I'm just going to do like a many chat feature and I explained to them you know why yeah. I wanted to do this many chat feature so that's not so much in the content but you can do something yeah. similar when it comes to that you know you just want to explain to them why there might be a disconnect there and why your audience might not really absorb the content that's coming to them if it's being like portrayed in that way I guess um, so really just trying to explain those things. But it can be hard because sometimes there are very specific things that you have to say. Like I know if you work with alcohol companies, like it's credit card companies, like those are very, very intense. So I think you just have to know those going into it that, yes, these could be like quite high paying partnerships, but there's going to be a lot of things that you might have to say that might not feel like super aligned. Um, but it's just, you know, practice discernment in those situations. If it's something you really don't feel comfortable with, like at the end of the day, it's taken you X amount of years to really have that community and that audience. And it's not going to be worth it if it's feeling icky inside for you to post it in a certain way or do something that really doesn't feel aligned. For sure. And I love that you touched on how important it is to really like trust your expertise and trust that like you know your community best and like of course you know there are like you said going to be certain stipulations as to like what you have to include but ultimately like if you're like I know this is not going to work in this way or it would perform better if it was done in this way like the brand wants it to perform well like they're not like they don't want it to fail obviously you know and so and they honestly might just not know you know and ultimately you know your audience best and so I think just like trusting your instincts trusting your intuition and trusting that like again you know your community best and also something too that I think is so important is if you if you don't stand up for yourself that first time and then you want to continue working with them like it's going to be hard harder and harder and harder for you to stand up for yourself the the more that you get into you know that partnership with them and so i just think it's not to say again that you're trying to like like be rude to them or anything like that but it's just like it's so important for you to take that stand and i think that that's also like if i was thinking like if i were the brand like i would be like so amazed by that like if someone reached out to me like no actually we should do it in this way because it's gonna you know increase conversions or you know I think the reach would be better I'd be like oh my gosh like thank you like you care about me and my brand because like these are what our goals are you know and so knowing their goals and then like making sure that your content is catered to whatever their goals are like to me I'd be like wow I have mad respect for you so I, I thank you for sharing that I love that we talked a lot about brand partnerships, but there are a lot of other income streams. And you talked about how important it is to not just 
focus on one income stream. And this isn't just applicable for obviously travel creators. This is applicable, in my opinion, to every entrepreneur out there is to have these, you know, multiple income streams. And so for you, can you talk to us a little bit more about what some unique income streams are for travel creators and maybe even how you've implemented that or maybe how people in your community have implemented that? Yeah, I think one of the best ones right now is group chores. And I feel like for a lot of people, it sounds like it's really scary and like a really crazy thing to do. Oh, no, I have to like run this whole tour and set up this whole tour. It's not like that at all because there are now companies that are like helping you with all of this. So I work for a company called Trova Trip and they are basically they basically do all of the logistics and they do all Mm -hmm. the heavy lifting. So all I have to do is be like, hey, guys come on a trip with me. You have to sell it. Okay. Obviously it's selling is a bit harder than that, but (laughs) come on a trip with me. And then everything else is all set up for you. So they do payments, they do emailing, they do like questions, they do customer support. Like they figure out all the itineraries. They get you a local guide on site. So something like that would be so great. And you don't need someone in my community had like 200 followers. Um, and she, had a group, like she did a group tour. So you don't need anything crazy, crazy for that. And I think the same thing with, you know, products and services. So one of a great thing would be like, okay, you're sharing all of these amazing places that you've been to, but why don't you put that into like an ebook or a little guide and you can sell it for something that's like, you know, you don't have to sell it for anything crazy, but it's just another income stream because people, if they really like you and they have a connection to you, like, they are going to want to do something that you have done and you can make it really juicy and, you know, put like even more detail in there than you can on like an Instagram post or even a blog post. So those are really, really great. And then also like just to get started would be UGC, which is like, I know it has blown up, but user generated content is so great. And you can also do that in the travel space. So you can work with Airbnbs, you can work with hotels, And I actually just posted a reel about this, but also just being, you could be like an in-house creator for these companies. Like I've known people that, you know, they travel to one hotel multiple times a year and create content for them. Like that's really cool. Now they're the in-house creator or you can do it for a tourism board. So these are ways that you can really get your foot in the door and you don't technically need to have a ton of followers for these things. Um, You just have to be skilled at creating content And whether that's photography, videography, creating content on social media, because that is a little bit different too. But there are, there's really like, there's endless ways that you can make money with it. But I feel like those are the things that people kind of forget about and don't realize that they can do because people are usually so focused on like brand partnerships when you become a creator or an influencer as a way to make money. But really having something that you can sell, even physical products, like, selling I don't know anything you can create your own backpacks I don't know like even any of that kind of stuff like that's something that you can add in there as well I love that so really quick for someone who has no idea what UGC is what is the difference between UGC and a brand partnership good question so a brand partnership is when you are partnering with the brand and you're creating content to promote on your own page. So say that you worked with a water bottle company. So you're going to have the water bottle. You're going to create a reel on it while you love the, bringing this water bottle around and you're going to post it 
on your page. You're going to talk with the brand about the deliverables. You'll sign a contract and you'll do maybe a reel and a few stories on that. UGC is when you are going to still create that content and you're going to create it in two ways. It's either going to be organic social or paid social. So organic social is maybe you're making it for the company to just post on their social media pages. So you're going to talk about the water bottle. You're going to take photos of it. They can use that content to post on their own page. Or it can be paid social. So this is going to be a little bit more curated. You're going to have to have a little bit more skills to do this. Um, And you can go look at like Facebook ad library is a great place to look. So you can like figure out, you know, what kind of ads and things there are. You'll use that and they'll run ads on that. So that's going to be something that's going to be a bit more like eye catching. So you are not, you're not posting any of that content on your own account, I guess, unless you want to. The brand owns this content and they can use it for really whatever they would like, whatever you kind of have agreed upon. Um, usually that's a little bit lower income, again, unless you're doing like a package. So I always like really suggest doing both because you're going to be able to scan scale brand partnerships as your following increases versus UGC, unless you're, you know, doing a lot of the, that paid advertising content, it's going to be a bit harder for you to scale in that sense. But they're both still great. Yeah. And when we're talking about income, can I obviously like there are so many different, like, I mean, you could make a hundred dollars from a brand partnership and you could make a hundred thousand dollars, but like in terms of just like averages, like, let's just say that I have, I don't know, 5,000 followers on Instagram. Like what is the income difference that you usually see for like a UGC type of package versus like a brand partnership? And again, I know that there's so many different factors that play into that. But like, if we're talking like averages, just based off of like, just, just having an Instagram with 5,000 followers, like, can you give, I, I I'm just curious. Cause like, yeah. So there are a lot of components when it comes to sponsored ads. So you're really going to like, it's totally going to depend on that because the post is kind of one thing. Um, and you can, I can actually give you a link that you can share where people can kind of figure that out, but you're going to have your post and that's like one fee right there. But then there's going to be so many things that you can add to that. So that's exclusivity. So can you work with other brands? There's going to be whitelisting. Are they going to run ads on that content when you're posting it? Usage rights. Like there's all those little things. Is there like a, are you going to have to go out and like buy a product and do that? Like a lot of the alcohol companies are like that, or sometimes like car companies or something. In that case, it just totally like depends on the situation. But I would say a package for UGC, like I would say it's like 150 to maybe like 350. And then as I said, when I was like at 1500, I posted around 2000, like that was $350 for me right there. So 5000, I mean, you could get like 500 to 1000 from that, like depending on what you're offering again. And again, like maybe you're multiplying offering them multiple reels or multiple things like that. It's just a lot of cases in that in that UGC space, like unless you're doing more of that paid advertising, like just because you're a lot better at content doesn't always mean like you're going to get paid more. And there's no way that it can really like scale like that. It's just kind of like, yeah, you know, this is what the package is. And you know, what can you offer us for that? And again, UGC, you can offer different packages too. Like you can say, I will make give you a bunch of images or I'll create a bunch of reels and I'll give you the raw footage for this and all of those different things. 
but you're you're definitely going to get a lot more with sponsored posts for sure. Okay. Now <laughs> I'm like, I know we, I was like, let's transfer away from brand partnerships, but now I'm like, <laughs> wait, there's something I feel like is really important to know what you kind of touched on, but what are like the big things where like, okay, you need to look out for these things in like the contract. So you talked about like whitelisting, you talked about like, can you just give like a rundown? Like, obviously there's a bunch of different things and like definitely need to be looking into the contracts. So, like, what are the big ones where you're like, hey, like make sure you're looking out for these different things because these are things that you can negotiate for like a higher price point. Yes. So definitely read the contract. Please read a contract <laughs> and sign a contract. Um, also be very careful about the brands that are reaching out to you. I just want to note that there are some red flags with like, maybe it's like a random Gmail account. They want you to pay for shipping. They want you to pay for this. Like there are some sketchy things and I know a lot of people have fallen for those. So if you have any questions, like just send it to, like, you could definitely send it to me and just be like, Hey, is this like, is this okay? Cause there's a lot of scams that go out there, unfortunately. But with the contract, definitely either like ask for a contract or most brands should already have a contract if they have worked with creators before. So what you're going to look at, the first is obviously going to be those deliverables. So what are you actually giving the brand? Like, are you giving them three reels and three stories? So those are going to be the deliverables, stories, posts, blog posts. It really could be any of those things. So when are you giving those to them and when is kind of the time frame for them to be posted? So say that you're signing this contract and they want it in like two days. That's something that you could charge more for because that's definitely like a rush fee for sure. Um, then you also want to look at the edits. So usually a brand is going to want to edit your posts and your captions. So usually you create, um, you send them your idea, you send them your idea, you create, and then they are able to edit it. So they'll want to edit your caption, your voiceover. They want to know kind of the music that you're playing. So little things like that. So you want to make sure you put in there how many edits that they're allowed. So if they're allowed for like to go back and forth five times, that's going to be more money because obviously that's going to be a lot more on you. But it's good for you to really understand like what the brand wants and to send them that full idea and send them kind of exactly what you're going to be putting in your story and putting in this so that you don't have so many of those revisions because those can be stressful because sometimes they're like, can you like redo this section right here? And I'm like, oh, well, last week I was blonde and today I'm brunette. And then you're like, well, now I'm going to have to do the whole thing over again. So it's like little things like that. So definitely making sure they have approved of everything before you start creating and making sure you know the amount of revisions that they get. And then there's going to be um, exclusivity. So that is how, like, are you able to work with any other brands? And that's definitely something that you're going to want to charge more for. And again, I can send a link that kind of has all these little breakdowns of it. And because say that you work with Adidas, obviously they don't want you to be working with like Nike. You know, it's just going to be a conflict of interest there. But it's like, again, is this like for two weeks or is this for a whole year? And what if Nike reaches out to you and they say, we're going to offer you a 50K package. And then you're like, crap, well, now I can't work with you because I worked with this company. So that's just something you want to keep in mind about. And then, yes, yeah, so there's whitelisting. 
And that means, you know, are they running ads? Like when you post, are they going to be running ads on that? And if they are running ads, how long are they running ads for? And you're going to want to charge for each month that they're running ads. And then there is going to be usage. So there's something called perpetuity. And this is something that every brand tries to sneak in there because they do. A lot of creators (laughs) don't read contracts. Um, But that's basically like once you have created this content, now they own the content forever and always. If you notice this, this is something that I would never accept because if you do, it should be literally like so insane. Like you should be getting paid up the wazoo for this. So if that's something that you see in the contract, definitely like highlight that and negotiate down that or tell them they they have to like take that out completely because perpetuity it's just it's not beneficial for you at all and again they could use that content for pretty much anything so say that you had a brand partnership and you were working with one company and you did have an exclusive exclusivity for them but then this ad that has you know your face in perpetuity is running it on that so like there's always going to be things that you just really want to be careful for. Um, so I would say like usage, you can offer them usage, but I would not do in perpetuity. I would not allow them to use your content forever and ever. So I think those are probably the biggest things. Um, and then again, if you're doing travel partnerships, maybe you have to pay for meals or maybe you have to pay for this somewhere, making sure you're adding all of those into the contract as well. Okay, I have to pay for my meals. Let me put that in the contract. Make sure you're getting paid for those kind of things. Um, transportation, like all of that little stuff is like, it's small, but it adds up. Maybe you have to buy something again for this partnership. But in terms of like things that are usually always in the contract, I would say those are the biggest things. Ooh, that was so juicy. Thank you. Um, I, I, with the perpetuity for me, what I usually do is I will either say like, no, you don't have like the rights to it, or I'll kind of negotiate something like on a quarterly basis. So like, per like three months they have to pay x amount of fee if they want to continue using it and then it's then i say like you can only use it for x amount of things if you want to use it for this other thing then like that's another fee Mm -hmm. so that's something else that you can do as well but i'm very curious to know so you talked a little bit at the very very beginning where you were talking about how you know you started out on instagram but now you have like blogs and podcasts and all these different things so Talk to me a little bit about the importance of having short form and long form content, not just in terms of like growing your community, but also in terms of growing your income as well. Yeah. So this is so important. I feel like a lot of creators definitely forget about this, but I think the easiest one, because people think, oh, like, okay, now I have to have all these short form platforms and all these long form platforms. You don't have to have that. I think like having one of each is great. And for me, I have two that are my main ones. So Instagram is my main short form platform. So I started growing that and I got really good with Instagram and I was like, okay, great. And then my next one, my other big one is actually my email list. So people forget that Mm -hmm. this is like also a huge component as well. And that's actually something really easy, not easy to grow, but like it's something that you can start growing from the very beginning. So if I started over, I would definitely grow my Instagram while I was growing my email list for sure. And just directing people to that, doing some type of call to action because it's so important. And like, I do feel like I make a lot of my income from 
my email list. Um, so I do a weekly newsletter. I share different like travel opportunities, brand partnerships. I do like a FAQ of the week. So that's something that a lot of people want to read and a lot of people are interested in. Um, but you don't have to like go into that crazy. Um, you can just start with like a f- like giving them a freebie, like something like maybe like a packing list and you can share it with them. They get the freebie and then now you have your email and then you can figure out kind of what to do with it at a later point when you're not so yeah. overwhelmed learning another platform. So I think that's really important. And then you really also want to know like your audience. Like I think, you know, if you have an audience that is like mothers, for example, I think like a podcast would be so amazing for you to have that just because, you know, they could be going on a walk. They could be like doing the laundry, doing dishes. They could be doing anything like driving home from work. Like there are so many ways that people can listen to a podcast. And I think you just really have to know your audience for that. It's also a great way that you can just connect with your audience more. And then there's YouTube, which is also a really great platform if you're looking to have that more like face-to-face connection with your audience. So it really just depends on you and what you like. I think you can definitely test them all out. A blog is obviously something else. I feel like a blog and the blog and the YouTube channel are going to be a bit more work for you to start like monetizing off of that just because they're it does take take some time for it to pick up um but that's just going to be something that you have to go in knowing that this is going to be like this is going to be a long game and i feel like podcasts can definitely be like that too if you're really looking at for it as like an income stream um like these are going to be this is a long game versus social media has a lot of you know, that like quick gratification sometimes. Maybe you have a real go viral or this go viral. And then maybe you have like a big launch that you're doing and it's a bit easier to sell. Like, so that's just going to be something that you're going to have to think about. But it's also like those long form platforms, like a podcast, like a YouTube channel, like a blog, like people can find you on those, which is like Mm -hmm. so amazing. And they can find something that you posted like two months ago versus like, it's going to be hard for someone to find your reel that you posted two <laughs> months ago. Definitely yeah. a tick, definitely not like a TikTok or even like LinkedIn or any, any of those. It's, it's going to be a lot trickier for people to search and like find those things versus like, it's amazing that people can do that when you have that long form content. So like, that's going to be something that's super, super powerful. I was just talking to someone who's a blogger and she's like, she made like 40k off of one post that's still, you know, Holy. doing really really well. Yeah, and it's right. It's just crazy. YouTube as well. Like you can yeah. post a YouTube channel, it can just keep growing and growing and growing and you can continue to make money off of that. So that's really amazing in that sense. It is a bit more of that like passive income. But I think it's really really important to have both and I would suggest starting with the short form cuz I just think it's a lot easier for you to understand and get that momentum and then going into that long form unless it's an email list. No, I t- I totally agree. And I think looking back on my journey, people ask me all the time, they're like, do you wish that you had started a podcast sooner? Do you wish that you'd started now I'm like repurposing my podcast onto YouTube? They're like, do you wish that you'd done that sooner? And I'm like, looking back, I mean, like, I think obviously there's lessons, like there's always like, not necessarily like regrets. I don't really see them as regrets, but I I see them as lessons. And I think, you know, 
for me, like, could I technically have started my podcast sooner? Yeah, but I'm also grateful that I did it when I did on my journey because for me, like, the short form content and like being able to build that community and understand like one platform being focused on that. And I did have an email list that I was also building at the same time, but like, email is a little bit different in that sense too, where you're not having to like learn an algorithm, you're not having to like, it's 100% work, don't get me wrong, but it's a little bit different than like social media. And it was just so nice to be able to just focus on Instagram. And then when I got to a place where I could hire out help to be able to move into these other platforms, like for me, like having a podcast manager, having an email manager, like that has been revolutionary for me. And I honestly don't think like I would have been able to run a podcast and also be on YouTube and also be on TikTok and also be on Pinterest and also have an email list if I didn't have a team of people who were there helping me. And is that to say that like you can't do it on your own? There are definitely tools, especially now, like in the day and age that we live in with AI that like you can definitely help with like repurposing onto other platforms. But like having that short form content and building that community has been so pivotal in how I've been able to grow my audiences and other platforms, because now I'm just driving traffic from this short form content, which is on Instagram. And I'm saying, hey, I have a podcast. And people are like, oh my gosh, wait, I already love you on Instagram. Now I get to hear even more from you on a podcast. Like I'm, you know, I'm sold, you know, versus like if I had started with a podcast, like there's just, it's not so you can't grow that way, but it is, it is more of the long game in terms of like the growth on a podcast versus the growth on something like Instagram. And again, like obviously I I say long game versus short game, like they're still pretty short in terms of like, like uh, running a business. Like, I mean, you could grow a YouTube, I've seen people grow YouTube channels to huge numbers within a year, but like in comparison to like someone growing, you know, on Instagram in one month, like again, like just different numbers there. But I love that you brought that up because I I totally agree. Like the short form content moving into the long form content has been really powerful for my journey. Now, something that you brought up is you were talking about someone who made like 40K from a blog. Something I would love to know from you is do you have like one or two like stories or examples of you know, people in the travel content creator space that you've been able to help monetize or help grow that you can give um, just to, I don't know, I, I just get so inspired hearing other people's stories. Obviously, I'm very inspired hearing your story as well, but I would love to know because I do know that you are making a huge impact. So do you have any stories that come to the top of your mind or examples? Oh, thank you. Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest thing for people like when they're starting in any space is just like feeling like they have someone to ask questions to and like just have a community. And so that's why I started my community. It's called the Travel Boss Community. Um, I also have a program that I run and that's a bit more broad. That's for, you know, anyone who's trying to get paid to travel and learn how to make money from anywhere. Um, But then I do have my space specifically for travel content creators. And this is where I share different like brand partnerships and opportunities on there. Because when you're getting started, it's hard to find these types of things. Yeah. So there, I mean, just my bosses are just killing it. They are just killing it. Um, We had a call yesterday and two of them are doing like their first and second press trips, which is amazing. And a press trip is when you are working with the tourism board and they send you to basically you work with, it's like a city. There's like a tourism board. A lot of cities and and states and countries have them. And you get to work with them and they kind of just set you up with 
like food and housing and different activities. And it's just like the press trips are so, so, so much fun. So it's really exciting to see, you know, people in the membership starting to work with those because you can get you can also get paid a lot of money for those. I know people that have made like 30K working with a tourism board. So that's including everything. And you're getting paid for that, you know, again, depending on how much you're going to be offering them and what your content quality is is like. But yeah, I've had a lot of those instances where people, you know, long-term UGC partnerships. I had one girl who was able to connect with a brand and she was able to get a long-term UGC partnership. And she has like under 2,000 followers. So it is like a bit harder for her to really get those high-paying brand partnerships, but having a UGC partnership was really, really exciting for her. And then so many of the the bosses right now are also looking into group tours, which has been so amazing because you can make like, I mean, you can make up to like probably 30K, 25K running one of these group trips, um, which is amazing. And that's just working through a company. Like imagine if you were doing it on your own, like really the... Yeah options are endless. So I know people that are doing that, you know, full time now and absolutely love it. So, you know, seeing so I I think that that's the most amazing thing is like people like having the people in the travel boss membership understand that there are so many opportunities from the very beginning that I didn't really know about. Like you think, oh, I have to hit 10k. I have to do this. I have to have this. I have to have this many things on my blog or like this many listeners on the podcast. And it's just like, it's not true. There are so many different things that you can do. Like there are so many opportunities out there. Um, so I just helping them kind of connect with those things has just been really, really amazing. And I'm just so proud of all of them. Even if they, all they did is like, not all they did, but like post their first video. Like even that is yeah. amazing. Cause that's really hard for, for a lot of people to do or, you know, reach out to a company or start pitching or, you know, nothing is, nothing's like big or small in this game. Like everything's just super, super exciting. And I just love seeing how everyone has taken the information and just flourishing. They're just crushing it. I love it. (laughs) I love that so much. And I love that you said opportunities are endless because they really truly are. I would love to know, like we talked about your like scaling in terms of like Instagram growth to kind of just end things off. Um, for today's episode, I would love to know like what your business in terms of income has looked like, um, you know, at the very beginning versus like what you're looking at now in terms of like the amount of money that you're making per month um, and what that looks like for you. Yeah. So I started off when I quit my job, I was making this was 20 April of 2022. And I was making about $300 a month from Instagram. So that was between maybe like a brand partnership here and there and some like affiliate income, some ad income. Now, I don't even know if we've checked in yet because Maya is still my business coach, of course. Um, But last month, I had my first 30K month, which is like so insane. I know. (laughs) It's like, yeah, that's, I mean, that's like so insane to say because when I started out, I was just like, I just want like comped trips. Like, that's it. Like, that would be cool. And then you realize like all the opportunities that are out there, you know, and I just went to a business retreat and there's creators making a million dollars a month. And it's like, it's just, and I love, that's why I love talking about income and I love talking about money and I love talking about the opportunities because 
it's just, it's not limited in any way. It's just limited in what's in your, in your mind. You know, I never thought a 30 K month would be possible. Like a hundred K month. I know you've done that, which is like so inspiring to me and even like close to that. But for me, I'm still like, Oh, how do you even get there? I don't want to be But you know, you just, you just do, you figure it out. Like things really grow on itself. Like it's just that compounding effect. Like, and it, it's crazy how it all works as long as you're still putting in the work and still loving it and really doing it for the right reasons. Like only good things are going to come your way. I totally believe that. So, so insane. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I am celebrating you so hard right now. I'm like, I want to get up and do a little dance party. Um, I I love what you said. The only limit is you. I mean, like that's really truly like your belief around what you can achieve and what you can do. Like you are your only limit. And I just think that that's so powerful. And I love that we can kind of end on that message because I think that that's so inspiring and what you've achieved is so inspiring. And I can't wait. We're going to do like a follow-up episode maybe in a, in a year from now. And we'll be like, I don't even know what we're going to be talking about, but it's going to be something even more amazing than this. Um, and I'm so excited to see and watch your growth um, as we continue to go throughout this next year. Now, lastly, very last question, where can people connect with you if they want to learn more? Please connect with me. I would love to connect <laughs> with new people. Um, yes, I am on Instagram as Emily Eats and Explored. So that's mostly where I hang out, but definitely join my email list as well. You can find the link in my bio. I host free masterclasses all the time, but I also share weekly a ton of different partnerships and opportunities and things that are out there. But yeah, I mean, I have a podcast as well. It's called Travel Chat with Ashley and Emily. That's super fun. We're on a bit of hiatus right now. Um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> with the traveling, we travel so much. It's so hard to have run a podcast when you're traveling so much. But yeah, I have a YouTube channel. But yeah, mostly on Instagram, you can pretty much find everything else on there. And then I have um, a membership. It's called the Travel Boss Membership. That is open twice a year. So again, just co connect with my email list and you'll get all the updates on that. I host group trips. So if you're ever interested in, in traveling with people, um, I have one coming up to this probably won't be I'll I'll have announced it by the time this is out. But I have one to Costa Rica next year in July. Mm -hmm. And I know it's going to be so fun. Um, and then I also have a program called The Money Making Traveler. So it teaches you over 30 ways that you can get paid to travel and make money from everywhere, taught everywhere, anywhere, taught by myself <laughs> and 25 guest experts. So I owe much of my success to Maya because she has been there pretty much every step of the way through like my little <laughs> my little one on one call. And then we did a month a whole month of coaching where she helped me with all my programs. And now I locked her in for a year. I stole her for a whole year. So yes. <laughs> thank you for everything that you have done. Oh, thank you. And thank you for sharing your knowledge. I mean, I learned so much. Um, and I'm like, wait, I, I know I'm not in the travel space, but I'm like, I'm going to actually start implementing a lot of these tips too. So thank you so much for being here for your time, for sharing all of your knowledge. You are amazing. and I love you so much. If this episode has served you in any way, I'd love it if you shared what you've learned, any aha moments that you may have had, or something that you loved, and tag me on Instagram at Maya Nicole. And if you haven't already, hit the subscribe button and leave a five-star review so that we can continue to learn and grow together.
Thank you so much for your support. I love you, and I'll talk to you in the next episode.